Hello everyone and welcome back to the second episode of the Leading to Success podcast. I'm your host Marcus Bird and I'm one of the 2021 to 2023 Good Off and Flying Start trainees. For the next couple of episodes we'll give insight to the Flying Start, share with you our experiences and what we have gained from the programme. Going forward we'll also have on industry guests and alumni to share their experiences with the programme and how they have benefited from it. So listen in and if you have any questions feel free to reach out to Godolphin Flying Start on Twitter at Flying Start News or to any of our trainees whose emails can be found on the Godolphin Flying Start website. As a brief recap since we last spoke on this podcast, we have arrived in Newmarket from Kildangan. We had an amazing time in the first Irish phase and were sad to leave Kildangan. We were very excited to start the Newmarket phase and since we've been here we've been very busy already. We've had a tour of the Jockey Club rooms, we've been to Newmarket Racecourse, we've also had a tour of the National Stud and Newmarket Equine Hospital, amongst many, many others. We've also had some fantastic lectures, such as one from James Willoughby on race analytics, and we're also into the second week of our rotations, which take us round the British Racing School, either Tom Clover's or Amy Murphy's yard, and the Dallam Hall offices. We're all very excited to continue the journey we're having on this new market phase and please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Joining me today are Flying Start graduates Matt Pryor from 2012 and Joe Callan from 2018, along with fellow trainee Chris Moore. Hello Marcus, how are you? Yeah, very well Chris, welcome to the podcast. You're on the podcast to help it get off the ground. What kind of stuff have you got for us in that respect? So... As part of the role as team leader during the UK phase, what we're really trying to do is boost the recruitment for the next intake of the Godolphin Flying Star. As you well know, that entries open on December the 1st, so we're having a bit of a drive at the moment, trying to get as many ambitious individuals hoping to get on, to get in contact with us, and eventually to apply themselves. Yeah, there's definitely been some interest so far. We've definitely found a couple of people who, who are thinking about applying. And and we've also, as you'll hear from from Matt and and Joe, is to is to apply, give it a go. And as Nick Luck said on when you appeared on his podcast, um, just, yeah, apply, give it a go. How was being on Nick Luck's podcast? Oh, it was great. Um, been a bit of a fan for a while now, like I know many of us are. So, um uh, quite cool to to be speaking to Nick, especially while he's there in Bahrain for the international trophy as well. So, yeah, it was brilliant. It was great of him to take the time out to speak to us, and it was much appreciated. Yeah, and hopefully from that, uh, more people will be tuning into this episode. So, without further ado, Chris, what made you choose Flying Star, and how did you get into the industry? Well, it's going to be a bit boring for anyone who's already listened to the Nick Look podcast, but um, I'll uh, I'll certainly give my my uh, my account again. Um, so, as I said, my background's not really from racing at all. I always had racing on in the house through my dad and my grandpa, but my family never really had any involvement within the industry. Um, I went down sort of traditional route like um, university and did a graduate scheme down in London. Had a bit of an epiphany after a couple of years down there and ended up moving to Newmarket to do the Entry to Stud Employment course, which is a fantastic initiative um, which combines the TBA and the National Stud, who offer the chance for people who've never touched a horse before 
to go learn the basic ground skills at the national to then go on to a work placement and um, get the career started in the industry. From there, went on to work for Hugo Lassels for a couple of years and um, more recently at Monceau in France. So yeah, it's still very new to the industry, still lots to learn um, and that's one of the reasons I applied. Yeah, so you're just, you're just following your passions really and I think that's a big drive from the from the recruitment side as well is that you don't have to have worked with horses all your life to apply. It's like a fair bit of it, yeah, you, you do need the horse experience but it's not a lifetime of experience as many people think it is, is it? No, absolutely not and I mean... We know that from being on this course, we've, there's a range of different backgrounds, a range of different experiences within racing, within the breeding side, the syndicate side. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a huge variety of backgrounds and, and lots of different avenues to get on. And you're one of the two team leaders for the UK phase. Could you just give us any insight into what that involves? Yeah, um, it's myself and Margot who are team leaders for the UK phase. I guess as a starting point, it involves things like doing the podcast um, and helping with any extra initiatives. Also organising our charitable initiatives with the team here, um, as, as Eleanor and Charlie have done a really good job of that. Um, and coordinating visits and basically just being that bridge between the training team, the Flying Start team, the team at Dalham and, um, and fellow trainees. Yeah, well, it seems... You and Margot have been doing a really good job so far because, I mean, personally, I've I've had a great time in Newmarket so far and we've only been here a couple of weeks. How's your experience been, not only of just being in, in Newmarket, but also the rest of the girl from Flying Start? It's been fantastic. It's been, it's gone a lot faster than I thought it would. Um, we've been very busy. It was great over in Ireland. Really enjoyed being part of the breaking process of some of the homebreds over at Kildangan as well as all the leadership and management um, workshops that we were involved in. And I really enjoyed the University College Dublin veterinary modules. Uh, I think they're a really key part of the course and something that'll be really handy moving forward um, for all our careers. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Marcus. Joining me next is Flying Start graduate Matt Pryor from Tattersalls. So I'm now joined by Matt Pryor uh, at Tattersalls. We're sitting in the Horseshoe Bar. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us, Matt. And as a Flying Start graduate yourself, how did you find the programme and how has it helped you in your career since? Well, firstly, lovely to see you guys and nice to welcome you here to Park Paddocks. Um, yeah, I did the course from 2010 to 2012 and... I come from the venting background, so predominantly horse sports. So, you know, I owe the Flying Star everything because it gave me a thorough grounding both in the practical elements of the business, but also some sort of formalized business training. And so that gave me a bit of experience in a lot of areas that meant that when I got a job with Talisals, I was ready then to take those next steps and begin my sort of tutelage in the in my chosen area of expertise so yeah i i owe the flying start everything yeah i think that a lot of the both the graduates and the current trainees now also find things like that and what sort of skills have you taken from the flying start that you now use in your role at tattersalls 
it's been some time ago now, so I have to rack up my brain. Um, there's the formal training of the flying start, but there's also the the contacts you meet. And I think we you walk away as a, a trainee and then a graduate with a global perspective of the industry and uh, a phone book that allows you to contact you know anywhere in the globe in the in in the bloodstock and racing industry so that that is such an important element to it then obviously you have the courses at ucd university of sydney uh, and 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 in kentucky that give you the sort of academic training and those things come into your life every day and you know you um they become ingrained in you and speaking of the day-to-day what would sort of be the average day for you here at tattersall's well, it all depends on the time of the year. I think like racing, we follow the seasons. So my role, I'm the head of sales at Tadasaurs, which oversees the new market sales, the Ascot sales and the Cheltenham sales. And they obviously flat and national hunt. So it mirrors the season. So it's a full on year. And then now including the online sales as well means we're sort of there's always some sale that we're trying to recruit horses for or deal with the planning of the future sale or even dealing with issues that may have come out of previous sales um, in terms of returns, etc. Um, and then I'm also on the board of directors in Ireland now. So again, that's an element of the job that um, takes me away to Ireland at certain points of the year. That sounds very full on. Um, and speaking of Tatsal's results and sales, How's the market bounced back since the COVID pandemic? I'm only going to probably mirror what everyone's saying at the moment. You know, there's the, the market, whether it's in Australia, America or, or Europe, you know, there's an insatiable demand for, for bloodstock um, at every level. You only have to look at, you know, the phasing Tipton sale where, you know, that knocked all records out of the park really for a single you know for a session of trade our october yearling sales were again phenomenal given still ongoing circumstances that may have meant that some would have been approaching those sales with caution and they outperformed again so yeah and then when you look at the national hunt sector it's still the same you know cheltenham sales on friday night turned over what 4.3 million nearly for 50 head sold i mean it you know this is a market that is rebounding out of covid um there's demand for those horses and uh, i think we're we're all grateful for that because it's been a trying and testing 18 months yeah and i guess a sort of saving grace of that was the the sport's ability to to continue during the pandemic behind closed doors do you think that was a do you think that was a massive help to sales companies well i think <clears throat> whether it was the racing or the actual breeding industries, had those stopped, we wouldn't be sitting here now with such optimism. You know, you had to keep racing to keep the racing product and the owners engaged with the sport and also having a turnover of horses running from that perspective. And then also the breeding industries, both, you know, both sides of the water in Ireland, the UK, um, well, and Europe in general, you know, they actually kept breeding mares and they allowed that natural live cover to happen. Had that not happened, if you have no foals, then you've got a problem. So yeah, we, we, I think as an industry, we, everyone reacted incredibly well and adapted and you know, that's allowed us to hopefully get on the road to recovery. And with the, uh, with the industry on 
uh, as you say, on its route to recovery and with the Godolphin Flying Start applications opening in December. Have you got any advice for would-be potential applicants? Speaking to previous graduates before you enter into the application process, one, so that you've done your research, but also to ensure that it is a course that you think you're going to benefit from. I mean, I would wholeheartedly say you would, but again, it's like all these things. You need to speak to graduates, read the website, read the syllabus, speak to the current trainees, um, because the course has evolved over the years. So I would just do your homework, make sure you're well prepared and make sure you're working hard to make sure that get your name on that list because you won't regret it. No, and there's obviously so few places for such an incredible opportunity. It's life-changing, really. Absolutely. No, I think uh, kick on and uh, best of luck with it. Thank you very much for joining us, Matt. Uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, best of luck with the upcoming yearlings, mares and foal sales. Thanks very much, guys. All the best. So I'm delighted to be joined by Joe Callan here. Thank you very much for joining us, Joe. Thanks, Mark. It's, it's great to be on and have a chat with you. So as a Flying Start graduate yourself, how did you find the programme and how did it help you in your career since graduation? Yeah, the programme was, was the most incredible two years, really. It's a fantastic opportunity for anybody um, to be in a position where you can travel across so many different jurisdictions and learn so much from industry leaders. It, it really is such a unique opportunity. And, you know, without doubt, it's probably the best thing I've ever done in my career. For me, you know, you learn so much in relation to the modules and, and so on, a very important part of it, but it's also about the network and the community you build. Wherever, whatever, every country you met, you went to, you got to meet so many people and learn from so many great people through your externships. And that network you build, you'll always carry with you throughout your career. Yeah, no, exactly. That's been the feedback we've had most from us already, only being on for a couple of months now, and from the other interviews we've had, is that it's just the network is is phenomenal. And just like every corner of the, the racing world, we manage to find connections and, and make new connections. Absolutely. Every corner of the racing world and every side of the racing world, you know, Wherever you go, you're going to be introduced to so many people and people want to meet you, you know, they want to listen to your experiences and how you come to where you are. And, you know, people people always take such a keen interest in young people in this industry. Um, they'd love to see flying starters come true and they take a very, very keen interest and they're there to help. And that's the best thing. And through that and just being open and meeting these people, you can build such a good network that you can always carry with you going forward. Yeah, like that has to be probably the most, the best part of it in my experience. And a lot of the people I met while I was on the course, I still deal with very regularly. Um, you met some great friends and you met some people you've worked consistently with since. So, no, definitely that's such an important aspect of it. And you're in the unique position that you can utilise that really to the best of your ability for the two years. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's been very welcoming, both at Kildang and, and now at Dalham and on our rotations and every lecturer that comes in. Um, they're always open to follow up questions and things like that, which has been been really good to to be able to feel like we can ask for, for help or information at any time, really. No, definitely. It's so important. I just give such a wide variety of lectures, really, and there's such a wide variety of people that... Um, 
and even even afterwards, you know, there's many times where you might have a lecture, you might meet someone, just having the opportunity of making that connection, you can drop them an email, whether it's a week, a month later, or so on, and say, you know, we met on so-and-so, and if you look for a bit of advice or a bit more information on something, it's, it's great to actually be able to build that network and carry it with you going forward. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of having a large network, congratulations on your new role at Market Raisin. Um, uh, can you, thank you. Can you give us a little information about the move and how you're finding it, and sort of how it how it came about, how it's yeah, how it progressed? Yeah, no, um, it's a move. Everybody started really two weeks ago. It's a it's a new role. So I've recently been appointed as um, interim general manager at Market Raisin Racecourse, the racecourse in the UK, and I've been for the last past three years. I've been working for the National Stud as the sales and nominations manager. And the National Stud is, of course, owned by the Jockey Club also, who owns Market Raisin Racecourse. So in one way, it's an internal, it's an internal move. Um, so yeah, it, it came up really, really. I've been in the National Stud the last few years and I've absolutely loved it. I had a great time and I've had an amazing team of people and we've had some a great three years really with the stallions and the sales consignment, um, the areas that I was in and the opportunity came up to move across into this side um, gave me some very good experience really in the commercial aspect um, in relation to race courses and so on. It's it's back to the grassroots level really where, where people walk in the gates and they fall in love with racing and it's a fantastic track. It's a really, really community-driven track. Um, very good attendance consistently. You know, we hope to welcome around 100,000 people through the gates o- over the year. Um, leading races such as the Summer Plate, uh, the Lincoln International and so on. So just a great team up here in place and hopefully it will give you a great opportunity to learn about the race course management side of things. Yeah, it sounds like a really interesting role. It's interesting you touched on your time at the National Stud as um, the National Stud seems to have progressed significantly over the past four years or so, especially in terms of stallion quality and, and sales results and things like that. Can you sort of talk to us about that and how, how you think while you were there the National Stud has progressed? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's been a great few years, and um, this year in particular, really, with, with, with the success of Time Test um, and it came with, with their first runners. So I joined immediately after the flying start as um, the nominations and sales manager. And, and it was obviously, it's obviously had an amazing reputation for, for many years. And the stallion roster is something that's went quiet for a number of years and it's really built back up. When, when I came in and claim and Time Test just finished the first season, and the foals hit the ground. and they're, they're, they're stunning really you know we're very excited from day one and then advertise came along obviously he was a well Rajasin came along firstly a Coventry winner um, he's the first two year old to hit this track this year very exciting bunch and then after that we had advertised obviously a three time group one winner um, exceptional sprinter came along and flag of honour St. Ledger winner and then this year we added Lope Fernandez to the roster as well so yeah it's really it's really grown the last few years and Realistically, you know, we're very lucky. Time Test has just had an incredible season. Um, to have five stakes horses, you know, from only having under 40 runners is quite incredible what he's achieved so far. Um, he really is a, a different different horse, I think, and Acclaim has obviously done exceptionally well also. You know, he's very exciting going forward. He only broke his maiden in December of his two-year-old career. So what he's doing now is only tipping the iceberg also. But yeah, no, the, the reader has grown. We've had a very, very good client base. Some amazing breeders have come on board the last few years. And that's really drove it. Um, that's the most important thing. We, the quality of mares coming through to the stud was exceptional. Um, they're all covering very good mares, great breeders, great sales results. And 
it's just all really falling into place there and I've no doubt it's the next few years it's going to continue to grow. Yeah, exactly. I think I think Lope Fernandez is going to be another another string to the bow. He looks he looks very exciting. Um, he is, yeah. He is he's he is stunning. I went to see him in, early in the year, and he just you take your eyes straight away. He's absolutely stunning horse. Um, has a lot of credentials. Realistically, he should be. You know, he's one to hopefully fit into time test shoes, and the time test has kind of stepped up in price. Um, he's placed a multiple group on similar time test there with Dan Silly Mayor, you know, he's obviously by Love to Vega, who you know, Shamrock line has proven to be a great, you know, um line for, for Sires. Um she's a very, very exciting prospect and we're in partnership with some great great people and great studs with 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 Lopez Fernandez. So yeah, no I've no doubt he's a very exciting few years ahead for stud. Yeah, well we were very lucky to see him at the at the National Oh great, and so what did you think? I, like you said, he takes the eye. He's got a lovely walk yeah. on him, and and yeah, obviously, like you said, the pedigree, the fact that you're in with Whitsbury and amongst others, and um, yeah, no, he's he seems like he's going to do very well. And it's interesting you say he'll he'll fit into time test shoes as sort of the value, whereas exactly. as time test moves up the up the sort of price ladder. Exactly, exactly. No, that's the plan, and yeah, it's a it's very exciting times ahead. So, on a final note, have you got any advice for any potential applicants for the Flying Start this year? Yeah, definitely. I think if you want to do it, apply. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to graduates, and especially as long as, along with graduates, people who are on the course currently, you know, for advice and some help and some guidance. Um, you know, it is one of those, it is just a fantastic few people working the course, obviously, with Claude and Martin, everyone's willing to help. Um, if it's something you want to do, apply. You won't regret it. Definitely stick your your name in the hat. And if it doesn't work out, try to learn from the experience. You know, no matter what, the whole process is a very good process. There's a lot to be learned by going through the process, and it's an invaluable opportunity, really. Um, so I'd recommend anybody to apply. Really, and make the most of it. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that. Just give it a go, apply, and because I I applied twice. I didn't get in the first year and then I sort of took the advice on board and then went and did the things I was sort of missing from my CV. So it's definitely not a barrier to, to getting on a second year. No, it's- not at all. And everybody's willing to help as in, you know, just reach out to people, kind of pick their brain on, on the experiences and watch what you can do and what you can do maybe to build yourself going forward um, as, you're, as you're aiming to get onto the course. But no, definitely, it's something you recommend to anybody. It's the most incredible two years and... You get so much experience and knowledge during those two years and meet so many people that it's something you definitely won't regret and you'll have the best time while you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're having a we're having a whale of a time already and we've only been on four months or so. Mm. Definitely looking yeah, forward I'm to it. Yeah, I'm very jealous. <laughs> yeah. it'd, be, it'd be great to have to turn back the clock and go back to first year again. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you very much, Joe. It's been great speaking to you and thank you for your time. No, great, and I'm sure I'll get to meet you next week down at the sales. Be good to meet you all. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Brilliant. Thanks for being here, Marcus. So a quick update now from the second years who are in Australia at the moment. Um, They've just done their final conference of the course as well as finishing their externships, and they also had a very successful charity initiative which raised a lot of money for some very good causes. As we conclude, I want to say a special thank you to Godolphin for supporting us, to our Executive Director, Clodagh Kavanagh, 
to Martin Larkin, who's assisted and supported us in creating this podcast. To learn more, please visit the Golf and Flying Start website or reach out to their Twitter, at Flying Start News. Or, alternatively, if you're thinking about applying to the course, please email one of the current trainees. Our emails can be found on the website. Thank you very much to Chris Moore, Joe Callan and Matt Pryor for joining me. We'll be back next month featuring more trainees and alumni to discuss the Godolphin Flying Start programme, careers in racing and answer any questions about applying to the programme. So if you have any questions, please submit them through our Twitter page. I've been your host, Marcus Bird, helping you get a flying start to your application.